You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Friday, November 16th. And today we're going to be talking about John Luer. After the big man got some minutes on Wednesday and asking the question, will he make an impact for the Pistons this season? This is your boy, Matt Shook, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Motor City covering the NBA for the Associated Press and the Detroit News, Pistons fan and follower my whole life and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thank you for the listen. We're getting this one laid up on a Friday afternoon just to get you through the weekend here. We'll come back Monday morning as we look ahead to the Pistons returning to action against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Monday night at Little Caesars Arena, the first of seven of eight at home. So the Pistons will be uh, at home on Monday on the road for the Houston Rockets on Wednesday and then six straight at home, including some very winnable games on that home stretch too before a very tough December. We're going to be talking about John Luer today and we're also going to hear from Dwayne Casey, the coach of the Pistons from Friday's practice, and also going to talk to John Luer a little bit himself as I was at practice this afternoon on Friday. That's why we're coming back with an unusual Friday episode to kind of give you a little extra for the weekend because I got the sound and I was there and we got some exclusive stuff. So figured we'd use it here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. But like I said, John Luer, um, give me a follow, by the way, on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also, the Lockdown Pistons Twitter account. Check us out on Facebook at Lockdown Pistons dash Matt Shook, but if you watch the game on Wednesday night, you know that John Luer made an impact. He came in late in the third quarter with the Pistons down 17 points. Um, we know about the injury history that John Luer's had, so to have him out there was a nice sign for the Pistons fans as you figured that they would kind of go into cruise control and lose that game by double digits on the road on Wednesday night to the Toronto Raptors. But a funny thing happened along the way, and that's that John Luer kind of helped spark a comeback as part of a nice second unit run by guys like Ish Smith and Zaza Pachulia and Langston Galloway. And uh, Luer, like I said, he ended up getting the offensive foul on the first play and then got scored on by Greg Monroe on the set, the, his first defensive play. So the Pistons then fell down by 19 points, their largest deficit of the game. But Luer had a couple of nice baskets underneath also grabbed some rebounds in seven minutes of action, which spilled over into the beginning parts, the couple first couple minutes of the fourth quarter. So when he came in, like I said, Pistons down by 17 points. And then we exited with nine minutes and 10 seconds to go in the game. The Pistons were only down by nine points. So got a little plus eight action there, helped the bench kind of get back into the game. And then, like we saw, the starters coming back, Stanley Johnson along with Langston Galloway sticking around with some of those starters at times during the stretch run in the fourth quarter. Stanley Johnson's big defense on Kawhi Leonard and uh, the big bucket by Reggie Bullock, who had been struggling throughout the game but had the big buzzer beater to win the game 106-104 to for the Pistons, getting them up to 7-6 and six over 500 for the first time. Uh, well, it's not the first time, but the first time in a, in a couple days, I guess, because they've been going floating back and forth from just over 500, just under 500 to uh, to right at 500 there. But John Luer, we know about the injury history that he had. He had the ankle injury, the left ankle last year, which he'd elected to get surgery on. His last game, he played eight games at the beginning of the season. His last game was on Halloween night, and they figured a couple weeks or so that he'd be coming back and was actually pra- went for, through a full practice for the Pistons in mid-November, thinking that he would play the next day against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but it flared up the next day, and it was not to be. He rested a little bit more, and it just wasn't getting any better to the point where um, in 
January, late January, he elected to have season-ending surgery, and that was it for John Luer's season, his uh, year two in Detroit. So he came, was getting ready and got healthy at the beginning of this offseason, and that's when he had a knee injury, had a right knee injury, and had to have surgery on that, which uh, cleaned things out for him and, and, and put the start of his training camp in peril a little bit. Obviously, his offseason skill work and conditioning work was hurt by that too. So John Luer's had a tough go of it. And we know about the big numbers that we talk about when we talk about John Luer, one of them being the contract uh, that he has and also the three-point shooting, which was a major reason that he got that big contract from Stan Van Gundy was that it was figured that he would be a nice uh, stretch four that could open the court up for Andre Drummond and also uh, just be a nice versatile option offensively. Also provides pretty good defense, all things considered, for the Pistons as well. He was a 47% three-point shooter in about 47 games, shooting one a game for Memphis a few years back. But his final season in Memphis, the following season, he only shot 24%. So went from extremely great to very bad in, in, in one season. And then with uh, Phoenix, his one year in Phoenix, which earned him the, the big contract from Stan Van Gundy, that's when he averaged eight points a game in the land of the rising sun. He averaged 38 points there for the Phoenix Suns. Or, I'm sorry, 38 points. Uh, uh, percent from three-point land for the Phoenix Suns got him the big contract and uh, that's when he came to Detroit a couple of years ago his his one season where he was healthy in Detroit he shot 29 percent from the on the arc including 22 percent in his last 35 games where he was shooting 34 percent which is passable before that so it was kind of a tale of two halves of the season for John Lear which kind of mirrored his overall production. He was a guy who uh, was playing really well the first part of the season and then uh, really struggled with his confidence with the shot and just uh, kind of struggled all around the second half of the season. So came into last year, uh, played the eight games, and did not play for that. But he got the four-year, $42 million deal from Stan Van Gundy, which obviously uh, includes this season and next season. So he's a guy the Pistons fans have long wanted in some kind of trade options. He's obviously uh, a tough contract to move right now. He's a sunk, or not a sunk cost, but he's a, a negative asset at this point. Uh, but the Pistons are trying to make him not a sunk cost right now, getting him out there and uh, hope, getting him to hopefully be the player that uh, Stan Van Gundy envisioned that he would be when he signed him to that four-year, $42 million deal. Keep it in mind that that was the summer of 2016 when a lot of teams across the league were were wild with those contract signings and, and gave – a lot of big money to players that uh, maybe possibly didn't deserve that. But again, six-plus uh, six minutes for John Luer on Wednesday night. Nice to see. Um, seems like game-by-game uh, game as far as the the bench minutes for the post, it seems like Zaza Pachulia is obviously the first guy that's getting those bench minutes when Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin need a rest. But maybe against more athletic players, or maybe if Zaza's struggling, or maybe if you want to give Zaza some uh, certain games off and give John Luer certain games on to maybe where he can get some of that confidence back. He did not make a three-point shot uh, yet this season. He, uh, he attempted one corner three on Wednesday that didn't fall. He did not make a three-point shot at all last season in the eight games he played. And like we said, he struggled down the stretch of the one season that he did play for the Pistons. So it's been a long time since he's even made one three at all, and albeit not even uh, getting to the point where you're talking about being consistent from knocking down threes. He's got to knock down one before he becomes a consistent shooter. Hopefully that, that one will come sometime soon, and maybe we'll see if uh, it can kind of blossom from there in terms of John Lure being uh, an option for Dwayne Casey in crunch time when it matters. Um, because I think, you know, when you threw him in on Wednesday, and obviously it sounds – 
good now that you put him in in a good situation and he helped turn around the game. But really, if you're Dwayne Casey at that point putting him in, that might have been just a garbage time move. You're thinking this game's pretty much over. Um, you know, you can say it now that you wanted to give your team a spark, and he did in an article that I have at the DetroitNews.com right now. But um, in all, you know, in all all seriousness, it might have just been get him some garbage time work. We're getting uh, killed here on the road by one of the best teams in the league in the end of the third quarter, so we're kind of on cruise control here. So again, we will see what uh, John Luer brings with this team the rest of the season. You would think that uh, the recovery gets more and more as time goes on. The uh, the comfort on the court after being away for so long is something that might improve, and uh, we'll just see how that goes. And and I'm a guy who. Um, believes in John Luer. I think that if he's healthy, he's a guy who can contribute to this team as long as he gets that confidence up. Talk to him today after practice, and we'll play that interview a little bit later on in today's show. But he's a guy who, you know, you, you cherish playing basketball after having it taken away from you for so long. So maybe the confidence won't be as big of an issue with a guy who's, uh, you know, not really feeling the pressure as much. He's obviously taking care of himself with a nice big contract financially, so it's not like he's desperate to stay in the league or something like that, like a Henry Ellenson is right now who might be fighting his confidence a little bit. So maybe John Luer can kind of uh, have a little bit more easygoing nature. He's a guy who's a good locker room guy, a guy who's respected around the building with the Pistons. So um, we're rooting for him, and we'll be able to see if um, he could turn it around and turn into a, a contributing you know, player for the Pistons night in and night out. But we're going to talk to Dwayne Casey up next. I'm going to pull out some of the excerpts of the interviews we had with him today with some of the other writers at Pistons practice this afternoon. And later on, I will be playing a one-on-one interview that I did with John Luer as uh, we wrote about him on DetroitNews.com and also check out the print edition of the Detroit News on Saturday as well. But is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right here, right now on Locked on Pistons. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males with more education and more earning power than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor Locked on Pistons. Go ahead and email me at matt underscore shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com to find out more. Well, the thing about it, the, the, the intensity, our level went up, and that's our 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 challenge right now is to to maintain that or to acquire that uh, for longer periods of games. Against Charlotte, we did it for a quarter. Uh, our inconsistency is our our bugaboo right now. And, um, we you know we play like we did in the fourth quarter. Uh, into the third, fourth quarter against Toronto, you know, we're a good team, but uh, finding that consistency, finding that uh, for longer periods of time is our challenge, and we got to do that. Was there a, a, a player, a group of players, a play that you think kind of sparked it the other day? No, it, you know, the second unit started at the end of the third. I think we were in 11-2 or something like that run, and then it continued. Uh, but uh, it wasn't, I thought, I think it was everyone. Everybody contributed to that type of play. Um, so it wasn't a combination that was better than the It may have been happenstance, but uh, you were down 19 when you put John Lou in the game. And he really went out there and gave you some really effective minutes out there. He, he happened to be on the floor when things tied turn for you. So talk about it. Well, I'm sure, uh, you know, I don't know if it was, well, I think it was, 
you know, I don't can say if you know if it's one player or not, you you're better than me. But no, no, I, 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 yeah. I, I'm trying to say I don't yeah, know if it was no, here. No, but John came in and gave us some really meaningful minutes. He did a good job of contributing in that situation. I thought our defense, if you want to give an area of play that was that sparked us, was our defense. Uh, we got stops which allowed us to go down and get some easy buckets and score in transition, catching them before they got set up. Um, so I would say our defense is what really turned the tide for us, more so than one specific player or one specific group. How important is Stanley's defense to you guys? Again, a phenomenon. I thought it was great. I thought it was some of the best individual defense I've seen all of this year. Uh, but flip side, Against Charlotte was our some of our worst defense of the year as, as as for our team. So somehow, some way, we've got to get that consistency to carry over starting Monday night, then Wednesday night, and then our next game. So that's our challenge: is you know playing defense and playing hard and playing uh, together is not optional. We got if we're serious about winning. If we're not, then we'll continue to be inconsistent and we'll continue to get inconsistent wins. So our thing is consistent. And I mean that in a positive way because I have all the faith in the world in our talent level and our physical level, but uh, our, our, our consistency has to be, be there for us to be successful. I feel like you're seeing Lure get a little bit more comfortable out there as he comes back. From well, yeah, he, he, it was, you know, that was the first time he had an opportunity to play, and that, that way he, he showed that he's getting closer and closer. And just like Reggie Jackson, when you're out that longer period of time, and then he then he went back out, there's no way you can be uh, as sharp and as, you know, you have your legs under you that quickly. So, uh, you know, maybe another month or so before he and Reggie both are back to tip-top uh, form where they were before they were injured. What the, you what led you to go with John over Zaza? Was it a matchup thing in the second half? Well, just uh, you know, like like Vince said, we were running and playing in mud, and I just, we just felt like we needed a spark by a big, and not no disrespect to Zaza, but just hopefully a little bit more fleet of foot, a little bit more speed uh, at that position. Uh, you know, we didn't do a good job of keeping uh, Monroe off the board because of that, but. Again, it could have given us a spark. I think it gave that unit a little bit more speed um, to, to play defense with. One thing about your defensive performance was, it wasn't like you guys were blazing away at the offensive end, but because of the fact you were getting stop after stop after stop, you were able to generate just enough offense to get the no win. No question, and it kept us, got us back, got us close enough where we could get our offense going. I thought Blake, we got some matchups we liked with him. Uh, but if we hadn't been playing defense, it would have been a 20-25 point game. And uh, you know, our, our, our protecting the paint got better, better. I think we only allowed 10 paint points in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, a team that is averaging 20 points in transition game, we only gave them, I think, what 10. So uh, our defense is what what carried us, and uh, and it's got to carry us until our offense, our shots stop. We're getting the shots until our shots stop. Shots start falling. Um, Stanley Johnson got into a lot of pub for his defensive squad, which deservedly so. But there was a stretch there where Andre got switched on to Kyle Lowry and, you know, isolated Kyle Lowry, tried to get around him. Kyle Lowry slipped and fell. I mean, Andre did pretty much completely took him away yeah, in that right, possession. Right. Talk about all Andre. Of our, all of our players, including Andre, had the ability to go out and switch out on the floor, 
guard smaller players. Uh, but again, Des, the word is consistency. We're fighting for consistency uh, with that effort, with that enthusiasm, with that sense of purpose, whatever adjective you want to use, uh, if we're serious about being a, a high-ranking playoff team. If we're not, then we're going to be inconsist get inconsistent wins. And that sounds simple, trite, but uh, it's the truth. For today's practice, was there one or two or three things that you really wanted to focus on as kind of a cleanup thing? Well, it, well not cleanup. we got to get better. It's not cleanup. we got to get better in our pick-and-roll defense. Uh, we got to get better at our guards pursuing the ball, handling the pick, two guys in it, handling the pick and roll. Offensively, hopefully, get a rhythm where the shots are, are we're comfortable with the shots or they're going down. Uh, and getting more comfortable with uh, shooting the analytical shots that we want to get. Not necessarily just shooting the three. Some of it is getting to the rim. Some of it is attacking the paint, kicking out, uh, and ha you know handling those situations. Again, uh, you know, continue to work and get better players. It's pretty, you know, it's unusual to have this like a four-day break at this point in the season. Is it was it if you had lost that game in the night, you were down 19. If it had ended that way, would this have been kind of an agonizing four days? No, not really. It's, we had targeted to be a teaching. Uh, you know, again, you in today's NBA, it's tough because <laughs> you don't want to wear out your players. It's it's more. Uh, rest-oriented league right now, and so we're, you're caught between the fine line of really working hard for two hours or whatever it is and, and getting things done, or working smart, and that's what we have to do in these next few days. It's a lot we want to work on, but we want to also work smart and have juice in the tank when it comes next week. With uh, just talking about Stanley. Is it strength, quickness? What, what are some of the things that, that makes him a defender? His strength, quickness, speed, his, uh, his defensive IQ uh, is big time. And that's his gift to the NBA. He's one of the elite one-on-one -on -one defenders uh, in the NBA. Um, and, and, and he showed it the other night. Again, the thing that Stanley and all of our, uh, all we all have to have is consistency. You know, he's got to now, uh, you know, go out Monday night and then next Wednesday night and then next Friday night and, and crank it back up again and have that same intensity, that same focus, that same attention to detail on the defensive end. When Stanley, the first couple years in the league, especially, he kind of struggled off the ball defensively. Have you seen progress in that? He's making progress. I mean, we, uh, well, our entire team, we had breakdowns the other night. Not seeing the cutter, getting back cut up from the weak side. So uh, you know we're getting better with that. That's also a, another uh, focus. This, these three days is making sure we have vision uh, in a position where we can see both man and ball. Uh, so uh, those are some of the things we're working on. Some of that is technique as much as anything else. See uh, Bruce joining Kyrie and Henry is it? Nice. So they'll be there for the two weekend games. Yes, uh, and that's that's uh, there. That's great work for them. I'm gonna be sitting there watching it on the on the stream and streaming on the iPad. So uh, it is great opportunity for this young man to go, and they'll get far more out of that than than being here for practice. Uh, you know, being in the floor of the game, the conditioning of the game, game-like situations, uh, and getting extended minutes uh, with, with, the, with the drive. 
what did you think about how things went on Wednesday for you? Um, I thought they were good. You know, I came in in the second half, and uh, we were obviously in a tough situation. We were down a lot, and uh, I just tried to come in and bring energy and, and be really active and, and try to change the game with my energy. And uh, I think the group we had out there, more importantly, with Ish and Langston and everybody that was out there with me, um, you know, I think everybody kind of played that way and sensed that we needed a, a little uh, spark. Mm-hmm. And I think that group kind of got it going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, our starters came back in. I think we cut it to like 10 or so. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to uh, bring it all the way back. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a, a, a good test of our, our character to be down like that on the road against a really good team. Mm-hmm. And to uh, have everybody fight back. And, and I feel like I was, I was part of that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like 100% physically right now completely, or how, how were you kind of characterized? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously coming off, you know, two major injuries and, and two surgeries, uh, the knee one being, you know, right before the season, um, you know, it's I've never had anything like that before. So, um, you know, I'm still uh, kind of figuring it out. I, I get to the gym, you know, about two hours early to get, you know, activate everything and, and do treatment and therapy and all that stuff. Um, but I, I'm feeling good. Body's feeling good, and, uh, and I'm just going to do whatever I can to uh, stay healthy and then help this team. Is that two hours early just for game day, or you got to come to practice? Some practices, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we, a lot of guys come in early. Yeah. You know, we put in put in the work, but um, for me, just to get here that early to uh, you know do treatment or, or do uh, some type of uh, just activation stuff mm-hmm. um, for all those you know muscles, knees, ankles, everything like that is, is real important for me. So it's different than. Uh, you know, I've had to do in my career, but uh, you know, as you get older, you know, those are kind of some of the things you need to do. And uh, especially after coming off two major injuries, uh, you know, I'm going to do everything, absolutely everything I can to make sure that you know, I stay healthy. And it's one thing to be out here going full bore, but in NBA games like that, it, it was, was it like a little bit different to get those a little bit, a little bit more extended minutes than maybe you've had yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I played, I played quite a few minutes in the Washington game. Washington. So that was kind of the first. First time where it was like you know playing in a year yeah. in, in extended minutes in an NBA game, so that was definitely uh, uh, fun for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then to get out there again against uh, the Raptors was was just it's just fun to be out there. You know, after after you go through these injuries and and the long, uh, very long rehab processes, uh, you just you realize uh, what a blessing it is to just be out there and get any minutes because you know it can be taken from you. Uh, like that, in, in the quick, in the blink of an eye. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just thankful and grateful to, to be able to be out there and be healthy and playing. And uh, you know, I'm gonna look to, to build off what I did in the last game and, and just be ready for whenever my name is called. How much more satisfying was it after the game to know that you were a big part of a big win for the team like that, other yeah. than sitting on the sidelines for a year almost? Yeah, no, I mean that, that's that's why you put in all that work. And, and, and why you know you do all the rehab and all that stuff so you can be a part of, of, of wins like that, and moments like that, and, and locker rooms after the game like that. You know, it was, it was fun to fun to be you know be in that locker room and have you know coach say, hey John, you gave us some great minutes. And, uh, you know that, that that makes all the all the pain and all the rehab worth it. And big thanks to Dwayne Casey for taking the time to talk to the media after practice on Friday, as he always does, and for also to John Luer and the Pistons PR staff for hooking us up with the one-on-one interview here for the Detroit News and also the Locked on Pistons podcast. 
So I want to thank you guys for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll come back with another interview one-on-one that I've got an exclusive for you guys on Monday for a big part of the Pistons in-game entertainment. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, the Cavaliers coming up, coming into town on Monday. On Wednesday, the Pistons will be in Houston for the first of a back-to-back, or the first of a home-and-home against them, which will continue Friday, Black Friday night at Little Caesars Arena, a game that I'll be at covering for the Detroit News as well. And then some layups for the Pistons at home after that next week with the Phoenix Suns, New York Knicks, and and, uh, Chicago Bulls, three teams that you would expect the Pistons to be up for and to take care of business before a really tough December starts December 1st with the Golden State Warriors in town. Also wanted to point out, as you can check out on my Detroit News article, the Grand Rapids Drive with the 90s teal jerseys on Saturday night against the Windy City Bulls. Check out their Twitter account. They passed along pictures of that, and I'll be interested to see how the guys look um, on Saturday night against the Windy City Bulls. If you're on the west side of the state, you might want to check that one out. Is Not only the jerseys, but they'll have Mason over there. They'll have the Dancing Usher over there. They'll have um, the dancers and I believe some other parts of the in-game entertainment for the Pistons. And also Kyrie Thomas, Henry Ellenson, and Bruce Brown. So interesting parts of possibly the Pistons' future joining the drive this weekend as well. So it should be a good night over in Grand Rapids. This is your host, Matt Shook of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we will talk to you guys on Monday.